Welcome to Fatherhood Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Kelly, and I'm here to remind you, however you're listening and wherever you're listening, that as dads, we're just like moms. Except we're dads. Ha Welcome to this very special episode of the Welcome to Fatherhood podcast. As many of you noticed, last week I did not release an episode. And the reason why is because last week my son entered the world. Yes, 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 yes. This past Saturday, my wife and I welcomed, excuse me, not this past Saturday, Saturday, February 25th, my wife and I welcomed our baby boy, our son, Eden, into the world at 7.48 a.m. I'm at a loss for words, quite honestly. It was everything that we thought it would be and so much more. It sort of happened like my first son's arrival almost three years ago. It's crazy to even say that my firstborn is about to be three years old My wife woke me up early in the morning, around four something. She had been feeling what she ended up concluding to be contractions for about an hour. And she wanted to make sure that what she was feeling was indeed contractions and not wake me up for no reason. Not my words, her words. And so she wakes me up and she says, I think it's go time. And without very little ado, we had everything ready in the car. And so we just did what we needed to do, take the few things that we needed to take, and then we got in the car. Thankfully, we were able to leave my son home with my sister and my nephew, and so he did not need to be displaced to my in-law's house, which would have been fine, but it was nice that he was able to wait for us and spend some time at home with my sister and not have to get up that early in the morning and sort of rattle his cage a little bit. And so we get to the hospital, and very quickly, once my wife was assessed, it was determined we need to go. We had had a C-section scheduled prior, and so after determining that she still wanted to have a C-section, the team did what they needed to do, and before long, we were in the back, in the OR, what was surprising to me was my response to seeing my boy. I already have a firstborn, and I remember very clearly when my son Julius Camilla was born. By the way, this is totally an aside, and this is just me venting right now because I don't understand the rationale, and so maybe somebody out there can help me understand what I'm about to vent about. If someone asks me, hey, what is your son's name? Presumably, they're asking for what is his first name? Unless someone says, hey, what's your son's full name, right? So if someone is just saying, hey, what is this person's name? Presumably, they're just asking, bare minimum, they're asking for what is that person's first name? Which means then, whatever the response that comes out of the other person's mouth, the one who is being asked that question 
whatever response comes out of that person's mouth is the first name of this person that is being inquired. So I've had many people ask me over the years, what is your son's name? Speaking of my firstborn. And so whatever my response is to that has to be how that person then refers to my son. So my son's name is Julius Camillo. And when someone asks me, hey, what is your son's name? I say his name is Julius Camillo. And people tend to respond, oh, hey, Julius. No, 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 no. I didn't say his name was Julius. I said his name is Julius Camillo. Whatever your thinking is that, oh, man, this dude must really be extra because he's giving me first and middle name. So I'm just going to go ahead and assume that the first name is the first name. No, 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 no. You asked me what my son's name is, and I said his name is Julius Camillo. And so I expect you to respond in the way that I just responded to your question. Hey, Julius Camillo, and say my son's full first name. Not half of it, the whole name. If you ask me what my first name is and I say Kelly, I don't expect you to say, hey, what up, Kel? No, 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 no. I said my first name is Kelly. You're not going to just call me Kel. And you're not going to call me Lee. You're going to call me Kelly. So call my son, Julius Camillo. When someone asks, what is this person's first name? Whatever the response is, is that person's first name? Well, maybe not whatever the response is. But if the response is a first name, a name, assume that that is the person's first name. When Julius Camillo was born, being the fact that it was the first time I was becoming a father... And I remember very clearly when I held them in my hand, I was overwhelmed with emotions. But those emotions did not materialize or I did not express those emotions in tears. I was very happy. I was absolutely overcome with emotions that to this day I can't begin to put into words because immediately, automatically, instantaneously, I fell in love with this little human because I realized that he is a part of me and it was the most amazing thing. There are details about that day that I will never forget. They are etched in my memory, crystal clear. I was very caught off guard by my response to my son, Eden, because when I held him, both my wife and I, we cried and I was surprised that she cried. And not surprised in a bad way, as if we didn't have permission to cry or as if we should not have had cried or as if we shouldn't have cried because he is our second son. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with, I don't think either of us expected that response once we saw him. And I think for me, well, not I think, I know for me, the reason why I cried is because of the journey that my wife and I went through, the journey that we endured getting to this point. And I have to be honest with you guys, I I was finally able to share this with my wife openly and candidly once Eden was born. But I said to her that all throughout the pregnancy leading to his arrival, I was dealing with a sense of deep fear that this pregnancy, although it had progressed further than the previous two that ended up in miscarriage, that at some point prior to his birth, perhaps it would have also ended in a stillbirth or 
In other words, it would have ended catastrophically. And I could not shake the, the, the thought. I could not shake the fear. I could not shake the anxiety that I felt around that. So every time my wife and I went to, well, every time I took her to her non-stress test, which is something that we did for, it seemed like the latter part, the last trimester of the pregnancy, it just seemed like we were there at the hospital. We basically lived at the hospital every week. Um, It started bi-weekly and then it turned out to be every week that she had to go and do a non-stress test. And during the last week and a half, if not the last like two weeks or so, she had to go twice a week to get this non-stress test. And every single time I felt that, man, is this going to be the time where they put the monitor on her and she's back there by herself? I can't be there with her. And then I'm going to get called back or she's going to FaceTime me, call me crying and saying, hey, something's wrong. So I was entertaining those thoughts while I'm sitting outside in the waiting room for her, waiting for her. And when I finally held my son, it was, oh, my God, he's actually here and he is actually okay." The only thing that I could do in that moment was cry. And I cried and I put my head next to my wife and we cried together. And it was a beautiful, intimate moment that we were able to share. And she cried and I cried and they took Eden away and they evaluated him. He had some fluid in his lungs, but then the doctor suctioned that out and he just let out the biggest cry, which made my wife and I feel so much more at peace and at ease that he we heard his voice, that he was crying, that he's healthy. They continue to check him and evaluate him. He was perfect. I mean, he is perfect. He is absolutely gorgeous and beautiful and calming and peaceful and demanding and, and just perfect. He is absolutely perfect. And even about an hour after he was born, I was still holding him. My wife had him via C-section, so she did end up going through with the C-section, although she was dilating very quickly. But she decided to go through with the C-section. And so while she is being put back together, I am holding my son and I am talking to him and I am singing to him and I am crying and I am unable to stop the stream of tears coming down my eyes because I was so overcome with the, this raw emotion at the sight of my beautiful baby boy. And so he's here. He's here. We have brought him home. He's been alive now for a week and some days. By the time this episode released, he would have been alive for over two weeks. And he continues to thrive. And he continues to wow us. And he continues to amaze us. And he continues to be so much more than I thought he would be already at this phase of his existence. However, it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge because we have our firstborn, my boy, Julius Camillo, who in his own right has difficulties coping with now having a little brother at home. And we had been preparing him in anticipation of Eden's arrival. I bought books for him to read and to sort of begin to construct in his mind 
the concept of introducing a new member into our family dynamics. And there was no way to rehearse. There was no way to set the environment for him to fully comprehend what that would be like. And in the best way that he can, and in the best way that we've been able to, we are slowly but gradually making it work. But the first week, bringing Eden home and introducing Eden to his big bro, Julius Camillo, and introducing Julius Camillo to his little bro, Eden, he had a really difficult time understanding, okay, so this guy is going to be here forever now. So it's not just going to be mommy, daddy, and me. Now this other thing, this other person, this other, uh, this baby is going to tag along also. And there were days where he dealt with it okay. There were moments where he was just not having it. And because of a lack of sleep, because of fatigue, because of being overwhelmed with everything. I mean, like I alluded to a little while ago, we have been on the go, go, go throughout the majority of this pregnancy with exams and checkups and seeing her doctor regularly every week or every two weeks and twice a week. And so it's been a constant go since before Eden even arrived. And then that just seemed to continue after his birth. And so being in the hospital was a little respite, which was amazing. But the moment we got home, it's like we hit the ground running all over again. And it was full throttle with now the reality of it's the four of us. And we have to help this young man navigate what it's like to be a big brother. Something that we suddenly threw on him without his asking for it, without him necessarily wanting it. This was something that we wanted for him. And I have to say that for as difficult as the first week was, that transition into toddler and newborn life while being tired, while being sleep deprived, while having to myself, while having to take the lead so much more in terms of helping our family navigate these times because my wife is recovering from major surgery. And so I'm having to be available to help support her while I'm also helping or having to be available to help Julius Camillo navigate his emotions while also uh, spending time and bonding with Eden and meeting his needs and trying to meet uh, Julius Camillus's need and trying to meet my wife's needs and, and family around. And I have two cats that are as demanding as children. And one of them thinks she's my wife and the other one just doesn't care. And he wants his cuddles when he wants his cuddles. And so it's been a lot of stuff happening since Saturday, February 25th, and even prior to that. And so it just feels like for the for the time being, that we haven't been able to, to come from underneath the cascade of stuff to catch a breath, to woosah, to breathe, to decompress, to settle in. And in the midst of my struggles and in the midst of my frustration and in the midst of me trying to do the best that I can, I took a leap of faith. And I 
posted something on my Instagram account, Welcome to Fatherhood, or Welcome to Fatherhood Pod on Instagram. And I just said, I need tips on helping a toddler cope with a newborn. Go. And I just threw it out there. And I want to thank several people specifically in particular for immediately jumping to my aid and giving me some really good practical tips and advice on what they did that worked for them when they found themselves in that, in that transition as well. So these are, these are some people that I want to call out by name specifically because of the advice, because of the tips, because of the support that they've landed me and they continue to lend me throughout this transition. Thankfully, just to fast forward ahead a little bit, we are at a place where I think my wife and I are getting a handle on how to deal with two boys now. Julius Camillo has gotten a lot more used to the idea of having a little brother. Uh, there's still moments where it's difficult for him to navigate, but she and I have been very intentional about spending quality time with him and including him in the activities that we do for Eden. And he has become, and he is becoming an amazing, I mean, he already is, he already was an amazing kid and an amazing big brother throughout the whole pregnancy. But now to actually see it in action is something truly, truly special. Now that things for him are beginning to settle, at least I think so. And so all of this transition and this shift is a result of these people who poured into my life and thereby the life of my wife and my sons to help us navigate this transition. And so I want to say a special thank you to my very good friends, Travis Goodman, Matt Brown. I also want to say thank you to my friend Scott, who sent me an essay, basically, <laughs> on the Instagram post. And every single thing that he said was so spot on that it made me sit back and really think about and assess what my expectations were and how I could recalibrate my expectations about how this transition should happen or ought to happen or ought to have been happening or whatever verb tense you want to put in there. Also, my friend John and many others who reached out and commented on the post and has been really, really helpful for me to get to a place where my wife and I, myself in particular, feeling like we are getting a handle on this transition. There are so many other people who contributed, who reached out, who helped, who shared their insights, who shared their expertise without making this sound so much like an acceptance speech at the Oscars or something, although it already does. You know who you are. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for all of your wisdom, for all of your insight, for all of the tips. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you a thousand times over because without you and your words of encouragement and advice and counsel, I would have struggled greatly and perhaps done things and said things that would have made me feel even more horrible after the fact. One, two, 
free. It's one thing to have a podcast about fatherhood and talk about issues of fatherhood and highlight not just my personal experiences of fatherhood, but that of other fathers as well, and dig deep into my own issues and their stories and questions and all sorts of things. It's one thing to do that, sort of an academic approach to fatherhood. It's another thing to be in the experience of fatherhood and part of that experience being the need to reach out for help and support. And although it's something that I preach on this podcast and something that many of my guests, if not all, have advocated for men and fathers to seek for help and the times that we need help, I sort of had to hold my own feet to the fire. And I was nervous to even write this post and to put out this SOS. And so to have received the amount of support that I did was very encouraging. And it did and it continues to do so much good for me and my psyche and my journey that I don't think I'm able to recognize quite yet given that I'm still in the midst of the early phases of life with a newborn and a toddler. I know for sure this will serve as an example, a very present example, that it doesn't matter how far I am along this journey, I can always ask for help. And there will always be those near and far who will reach out, who will stop what they're doing, who will devote an iota of their mental and emotional capacities to help me out. And so, again, I am so grateful and I'm so thankful and I am indebted to each and every one of you, uh, those who I named and those who I did not name. Thank you so very much for showing up for me in a moment of vulnerability, in a moment of need in the way that you did. So just a couple of final thoughts as I continue to grow as a podcast host and as this platform continues to unfold, I am learning and continuing to learn new ways to make improvements, uh, new topics to explore, making new connections, trying to bring more substantive conversations and all of that. So. There are some aspects of just the presentation of the podcast that I have been thinking about changing. And so don't be surprised and don't be taken aback if in future episodes you begin to hear or to notice some of those changes. Another thing that the Welcome to Fatherhood platform is doing is releasing video content 
sharing my personal experiences of the many miscarriages that my wife and I had. It is an incredibly uncomfortable thing to talk about, but it is much more rewarding than it is uncomfortable. You can find those short videos on my Instagram account, Welcome to Fatherhood Pod, as well as on LinkedIn and Facebook. I'm always open to anyone who is willing to talk to me about their own fatherhood journey. But this season in particular, any men, any fathers who would dare talk about their own experience, either with a miscarriage or a stillbirth or any of those really difficult topics. So you can always find me. There's a Linktree link in my Instagram account where you can find ways to contact me. Or you can simply go to www.welcome, the number two, fatherhood.com. Lastly, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, a huge thank you to all of you who have been consistent with listening, sharing, contributing, commenting, engaging with this podcast since its inception. Over the past almost three years, this podcast has been downloaded over 7,000 times, and I cannot be more grateful. I cannot be more thankful. I cannot be more humbled by the fact that if each download represents one person, there has been over 7,000 people on planet Earth who I have reached and who find value in continuing to listen to this podcast. So again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, infinitely thank you for your continued support, for your continued engagement, for continuing to set time aside every Wednesday when these episodes release here in the States or whatever day it might be for you in the countries around the world where this podcast is being heard and followed and engaged with. Thank you so, so, so very much from the bottom of my heart. I look forward to bringing you an exciting new episode next week. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, please do so. If you have not checked out the website, please do so. Welcome, the number two, fatherhood.com. Again, I'm thankful for all of you. I'm thankful for all of your support. I'm thankful for all of you who have contributed. I'm thankful for all of you who have any interest in this podcast. Thank you so much. And we'll talk again next week.